Hey leaders, this is Sherry Crandall coming to you today with our special guest, Meredith King. And some of you will remember Meredith's last year from our Thrive Leadership event. And we had such great conversation and Meredith has such a strong uh, place in our world with regard to leaders and leading companies and leading individuals. And so I wanted to bring her back in as our guest. So welcome to our podcast today, Meredith. Oh, Sherry, I'm so happy to be here. This is this is so meaningful. I love what you guys are doing and just happy to get to be a small part. Well, thank you. It means a lot to us that you have come in to talk to our leaders. You know, we've been really working hard uh, with this MOPS leadership team. And you know, we have MOPS in 67 countries, so we're all over the world. And this crazy time in our life right now where we are all facing a pandemic, we're all facing quarantine. So it's this crazy, almost like bond right now that everyone in the world has, right? Yeah, it's a shared experience that we didn't ask for. <laughs> we, we, this was not on the wish list of unification and empathy, right? But um, what I love is that when our lives are disrupted, uh, God does stuff in us and through us in ways that we wouldn't have ever asked for. And this has definitely disrupted everything. It's disrupted our daily lives. It's disrupted our leadership. It's disrupted our ministry strategies, but so much good can come out of that. Oh, I so agree with you. And I just love what you just said. This is a disruption, but wow, I think God works so well in those moments when we uh, take all of the responsibility off of ourselves. because sometimes we forget to include him in our plans, even as leaders, right? We're like, we've got this, we're capable people. And now all of a sudden you're like, I don't know, God, I'm not sure if I do have this. Yeah, yeah I think that's so true, Sherry. And I don't know if this has been your experience, but here's some, I'm going to pull back the curtain and just lay some things out there. I think that, you know, you and I both, and I know the leaders who are listening to this, we love Jesus. Like that's not really up for discussion. And we love people. And to be honest with you, a few weeks ago, I would have said to you, yes, I'm relying on Jesus. Yes, I know that I need him in every area of my life. Yes, my heart and my life are completely surrendered until I realized they weren't. <laughs> and I feel like this season, this disruption is just bringing to the surface um, it's the kindness and goodness of God to bring it to the surface right now. Areas that I wasn't fully trusting him, that I was relying more on my own strength than I was on his strength, that um, where I was really trying to control instead of surrender. And he's just bringing with a, in a loving voice, not a, not a condemning voice, but in a loving voice saying, hey, let's shine a light, Meredith, on those things so that we can deal with that now so that as we're moving forward, um, you're more surrendered. You're more in alignment with my love. You're, you're more tuned into my voice. Um, and, and I'm grateful for that. And I don't know if you've experienced that, but I feel like every day is just a new opportunity for me to see, Hey, here's a way where I can lean in a little further to the Lord. And I don't know in all of my busyness and my own agenda and the things that were in motion before, I don't know if I would have seen it the same way. I agree. That's very powerful when you think about it and how sweet 
God really is with us. And I've been talking to a lot of groups lately and a lot of leadership teams, and I've really been talking about grace because I feel like right now we need so much grace, not only with each other, but with ourselves. And I felt that so much because I feel like God has given me so much grace in this to say, yeah, Sherry, same thing. You, you say you love me and you rely on me, but a lot of times um, I am very independent and off I go and I'm doing my thing. And this whole pandemic has put so much of our life on either pause or stop or cancel. But yet I'm talking to people about the importance of we still have to show up. We do. We do have to show up. We all have days, and I think we're going to continue to have days. The impact of this is not going to be short. And uh, Sherry, I think we're on the back end of the adrenaline rush of having to completely alter everything in our lives, going on quarantine. Some of us have been there longer, but but still, right? Like when, when it first happened, uh, we started organizing, we started making schedules, we started trying to figure out how to do school at home with our kids and some of us are balancing work and all of that but we kind of went into like crisis mode and you know here's here's an interesting thing just from my background I have led significant disaster recovery efforts for four major disasters and this is so different um most natural disasters or you know event-driven disasters like a fire have a clear start and a clear end, and then you go into recovery mode. And I live on the Gulf Coast, and so hurricanes are a part of my life, and so we can see them coming, we know how to prepare, the storm happens, even if the damage is significant, takes years to recover from, there's a point where recovery starts, and that's not the case right now. Like, we're, we're going to be feeling the impact of this for a long time. And so we went into like preparation mode and then we woke up within the last few days going, oh, it's still happening. It's like Groundhog Day. <laughs> we, just, right. we keep waking up to the same reality and it's exhausting. And so when, we, when, when we're not leaning into that grace, when, when we are leaning into more fear, uh, then maybe we want to hide under the covers. And that's a legitimate emotion, right? We want to we shrink back. Um, instead of show up, but God's people have always shown up in crisis. And, um, you know, we get to grieve differently. And there's a grief here. We get to grieve as people who have hope. Uh, we get to have access to a peace that passes every ounce of logical understanding. That doesn't mean we don't struggle. We just don't stay stuck. Um, fear, I don't think in and of itself is the issue. It's when fear is unsurrendered that it becomes an issue because then it can make us stuck. Unsurrendered fear can make us stuck. And so uh, I think we have an opportunity to show up more now uh, than maybe we would have really felt. Uh, may, that may not be true for everyone, but for some of us, uh, more now than maybe we would have felt otherwise. I think crisis does something interesting. I think crisis often reminds us of what we should have been doing all along. If you think about that, I've had a health crisis a time or two um, in my adult life, and certainly loved ones that um, that I know have had a health crisis. And so I remember a couple of years ago, uh, my body just kind of shut down, and I went to the doctor, 
And she said, this is not going to be a fast recovery. Um, you know, you're really going to have to take control of your diet. You're going to have to put good and healthy foods in your body. You're going to have to rest more. Yes, we're going to do medication, all of that. But a lot of your recovery is going to depend on the investment you make in nurturing and healing your body in other ways, stress management, all of that. And I should have been doing those things all along. I should have been putting good foods in my, in my body. I should have been managing my stress. I should have been resting more. But that point of crisis brought all of that to the surface and put a light on it. Um, you know, in this season of the pandemic, um, I am a working mother with a preschooler and a third grader. The third grader who started being homeschooled in February uh, nothing related to COVID-19. Um, and it was a team effort between, you know, a handful of us. I, I call it the committee that's helping invest in her education. Um, but now every, all the lines are blurred. And so, uh, but what this crisis is bringing up is the importance of quality time. It's reminding me that I should have been playing more games with my kids anyway. <laughs> it's reminding me that yeah, I wanted us to take family walks for probably a year and never pulled the trigger to make it happen. Um, so I think it's, it's reminding us of things that maybe we should have been doing all along. And, and when it comes to leaning in and showing up as opposed to shrinking back, I think as Christ followers, we need to understand that the world around us is terrified. They're very afraid. And Jesus had a lot to say about fear. There's a lot about fear in scripture and we're the ones who are upholding that truth. Like we we've got it in our hands. And so when we lean in to encourage our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, we're pointing them toward the truth, but we also have an opportunity to show up for those who don't know Jesus yet. And who are looking for hope, who are looking for peace, who are trying to deal with fear. And uh, that's an incredible opportunity to show up for. And it didn't have to be fancy or profound. Um, I love Mike Foster. I don't know if you're familiar with yes. Mike. He's friends with Bob Goff. And I know we that. love Mike. He's a yes. big fan and a big friend of Mops for a long time. So we love okay. him. Well, I love him too. I get to interview him tomorrow. And I, I am a big fan of Mike. And if you go to Mike's Instagram, you'll see that he and his precious wife have just hung a banner in their front yard to encourage yes. their neighbors. Like, it doesn't have to be complicated. We just need to lean in and show up and, and realize that the world around us isn't just waiting for anybody to show up. They're waiting for people to show up who have truth and hope. I think the world is more open to the gospel now than probably I've seen in my lifetime. Um, and I think that's a beautiful thing. I do too. And I would agree with you. I have uh, been talking to people that we have to show up during this time. And especially as leaders, I think people are looking for their leaders to lead them. And mm -hmm. like you said, it doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be fancy. You don't have to be, you know, over the top with the best program and the best words and the best Instagram story and be dressed adorable. Like, let's get all of that. That's not the right requirement, right? No. But what we don't have the option is nobody gets a pass is what you don't get to stand in line, grab your COVID pass and go just hang out or go to sleep and wake up and it's all done. And then just carry on. Like we have to show up during this time. And I think this is our chance to really thrive in this time. 
And like you said, we need to be focused on doing the things that we should have been doing anyway. Mm-hmm. And I love that because there's so many things that uh, many of us are finding like, wow, this is refreshing. And I thought to myself the other day, what am I learning now that I want to take into like the new normal after mm-hmm. this is finished? And I also believe what you said, this is not going to just be over tomorrow. So how do we learn to manage and live in something that becomes more of a marathon than a sprint? Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, this isn't just a 50-yard dash. This is, we're, we're in for the 26-mile thing. Yeah, we are. And, and I think we've got we've to just prepare for the long haul. I think we've, we need to acknowledge and go through the grieving process that life as we knew it is probably, it's not going to go back to the same. Like our societies, our communities are going to be marked for a long time. My husband and I uh, left the house the other day to uh, go pick up some lunch. Um, Of course, to go curbside, we wiped everything down. We did all the things, but um, it was a restaurant about 15 minutes away. We took a country road to get there because I'm like, please just get me out of the house. Let's drive in the car for a few minutes. (laughs) Yes. So we took the long way to get there. And uh, our community, this area in South Texas, was significantly impacted by Hurricane Harvey. And as we were driving out in the country, you can still see the water lines really high on the trees. And this was a couple of years ago that the flooding happened, um, but the marks are still there. Like the land is still visibly impacted. Um, our cultures, our communities, our lives are going to be marked. We're going to remember this the rest of our lives. Um, we're going to refer to this time. The economic impact is going to be significant. And I don't say that to, um, to scare us or to, to feed the fear narrative. What all I'm saying is we need to gear up uh, for a different normal. Um, we need to take a minute and realize that expectations that we had for this month, the next month, and the months to come, uh, some of those are, are not uh, still going to happen. And so we need to grieve that, and then we need to start looking at what a new normal looks like and how to lead into that. You know, uh, Sherry, when you say that people don't get a pass, I think that's really true. Um, I, I have a friend, he's the president of Integris, his name is Lyle Wells, and he said something profound the other day that just I haven't been able to shake. He said that in crisis, people look for a person or a place. And as mamas, Uh, Maybe during a thunderstorm, we've experienced this. My kids, uh, who are five and nine, are still not fans of thunderstorms. And so one of two things is going to happen at the first loud clap of thunder. Either they are going to run as fast as their little feet will carry them and bust into the master bedroom and, like, land, you know, at the end of the bed, or they are going to scream like from like the deep places of their soul for daddy to rescue them. Um, Those are the two options. And why? Because uh, as their parents, we're their people. Uh, We're their safe people. And when they're afraid, they want to be with their people. And specifically, they usually want to be in our room during a storm because that has become a safe place them doesn't seem to be the same if we go to their room they want to come to our room because that's a place of security of coziness of protection for them 
Adults are the same way. When we are in crisis, when we are afraid, we are going to run to a person and we're going to run to a place. And as leaders, we get to be a person. If we have built trust and are leading with love and consistency, then um, we they don't need us to be perfect. They just need us to be safe and available. Uh, but we get to help provide security by just being present. We can't do that physically, but there's so many other ways that we can do that. And the second thing is we get to create a safe place. So our MOPS groups and things, even though they're meeting virtually now, it's becoming a safe place in the midst of fear. And when people are afraid, they need their people and they need a place that's safe. And that to me is the opportunity that we get to show up for. And it's worth getting out of bed, you know, in the morning. Oh, that's so good. And you don't have to get up and look perfect. I have a routine and to me, rhythms and routines are super important, but I'm not rigid. I also like to like switch it up quite a bit. Yeah. However, during this time, you know, now I'm working with my husband who's working from home. My daughter's doing school and I've got two dogs and I'm trying to figure out like, how do I do all this? Like even before we started uh, <laughs> recording this, my husband starts to turn on the sprinklers and it's making all this noise. And so we're trying to learn with like giving grace, like we talked about, but mm -hmm. it's so true. They just need us to show up. And I've noticed this more than anything. I need my people. So the people like my friend group, and I look at my, my team at mops and every time we show up for each other, you just feel so much better about the rest of the world. Like MOPS is a safe place for so many moms and being the leaders of this organization, they, they get both of what you just said. They have their people because they get you, you are the leader and who they have come to trust and feel comfortable with, but they get a place and that place is MOPS and it means the same all over the world. So what a beautiful way that we get to show up and thank you for the reminder of that. As you have been sort of counseling all of these different organizations right now during this time of crisis, what are some of the things that you're sharing with these organizations and sharing with leaders, sort of best practices? Like what are some things that we can just practically put into place that help us lead better during this time of trial? A couple things, Sherry, really come to mind. Um, one it really has to do with clarity. Clarity and anxiety don't coexist super well together. A lot of times, when, just as people, when we start feeling anxious, it's because there's a lack of clarity around something. We're worried about what might happen or what could happen. Uh, the news, right, even thrives on that. Like, they'll tell you part of the story and tell you to come back at 10 for the rest. Uh, and so there's ambiguity there. And, you know, as leaders, as organizations, as churches, as families even, the more clarity we can provide, uh, the better everyone is. And sometimes the clarity is simply acknowledging that we don't know. <laughs> but when we just come out and say, hey, this decision hasn't been made yet, or we're not prepared to, to make this decision, or we don't know the answer, it just acknowledges that that thing isn't solved, but it's not forgotten. And so I think as leaders, I think clarity is really, really important, especially around expectations. Um, and I would say, especially to these leaders, we really need to answer that for ourselves because if we have unreasonable expectations, 
in this season for ourselves or for others. Our frustration and sense of overwhelm is going to skyrocket and be off the charts. And it's not necessary. I know that on the days where I feel like I'm not winning anywhere, and we all have those days where we're like, really, especially right now, when suddenly we have kids at home, maybe a spouse is working from home, all, all, everybody needs something. We feel pulled in all the directions. If we get to the end of the day and we feel like we haven't won anywhere, it's usually because we didn't clarify what the win is to start. And we had some unreasonable expectations. <laughs> and so we've just got to be really clear with ourselves and with others about what the expectations are. And that can apply in so many different ways. What's reasonable to accomplish in a day um, communicating with our family members about what, what we need right now. Those of us who are working from home, how are we going to do that? When are we working? When, we are, when are we on family time? When are we available for snuggles and questions and to get a snack? Like, we've got to define some of that, but we also need to define what does it look like to win as a family right now? What does it look like to win as a MOPS group right now? What does it look like to win as a professional if you also have a career right now? and bring it down to a day-by-day basis because every day is going to look different. So those of us who love to like plan out our weeks and and everything has a place and everything's on a schedule, um, I'm actually a fan of schedules. It helps bring clarity to my family, but those schedules look different daily. And so one thing that's going to be constant is change in our routine. There may be a few things that can become consistent, but we've got to be willing to change it to make sure that things are working. I also think clarifying our emotions is really important, (laughs) being able to articulate what we're feeling and paying attention to that for others, other leaders that help lead your group or, or other staff members that you work with or other people who live under your roof. Everybody's processing emotions. So being able to clarify, not sweep it under the rug, you don't want to get stuck there, but we need to acknowledge it, be able to articulate it and help each other. Uh, through those emotions. So clarity, clarity, clarity. That requires communication. And about the time you think you have all the clarity you need, you're halfway there. So that's going to be a theme. We just, in the back of our minds, need to be asking, where do I need to be providing more clarity for myself and for others? As far as ministry uh, groups and organizations, we've all been in the immediate response mode. How do we take what we're doing virtual? How do we communicate now that we can't meet in person? And we've kind of scrambled to answer all of those questions. And we're like, okay, like we've got at Zoom, we've got all these different options. And so now what? Well, what we know, at least in the U.S., is, you know, most organizations are starting to cancel in-person events into June. We're encouraging teams to make a 10-day plan so that they they've got a grip on the next couple weeks you know like in the immediate future what needs to happen with our group what needs to happen with our ministry let's get clarity on who is going to take care of what let's get a 10-day plan while that 10-day plan is being executed you've got time to move from a reactive leadership perspective which is where we've all had to be for the last couple of weeks into a proactive perspective. Right. And go ahead and make that 90 day plan where, you know, through June, what if we just go ahead and assume that we're not going to get to meet in person 
we know how to meet in person. We can go back to that if, if miraculous intervention happens. But let's make a proactive ministry strategy for the next couple of months so that we don't feel like we're just waiting for someone else to tell us we need to make a longer plan. If we're just waiting on the stay-at-home orders to be lifted, uh, we're missing an opportunity to build a really effective strategy. Does that make sense to you? Absolutely. And that's what we would love to encourage our leaders not to miss out in the moment, right? Mm -hmm. So because here's what's happening. We normally would end middle uh, part of May. And so that's when our groups would stop meeting in person anyway. And so we want to kind of be realistic and say, we will be most likely finishing out this season virtually. And mm -hmm. what does that look like? And so making those plans for our year end celebrations look different. But what I want to encourage everybody is what you just said to really make that plan. And then we still want to finish well. Yes, there's something so important about finishing this season well. Mm -hmm. And so as we go and make these plans, we want to, uh, even virtually, you can finish well, you can finish strong. Yeah. Um, but I don't think we have the option of just not doing anything. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so finishing well, the other thing you said that really struck me that I want to uh, circle back on real quick is that managing of our emotions. Mm -hmm. especially as the mom and especially as the leader. Mm -hmm. I just shared with a group the other day, I said, I want everyone to be authentic because no one wants to show up and have the person be like, this is no problem. God's got this. I'm not even worried, you know, because that feels unauthentic. Mm -hmm. So I think it's great to be authentic, but I also think as leaders, we have to learn to, manage our emotions. Like I have to manage my feelings first before I write, speak, blog, podcast about it. Mm -hmm. So leaders have a, have a different um, call to action, I believe, in this time. And managing those uh, expectations, creating clarity, that helps us all lead from a much healthier place. So mm -hmm. that was fantastic advice. <laughs> Well, I think, you know, when we think about the long game, right, preparing for a marathon, realizing that this is not a sprint, we need to be evaluating, you know, how, how we're doing with sleep, um, how we're doing processing our emotions. I've had some days, Sherry, where I had to like, you know, like phone a friend, like, like I'm struggling today and I need some prayer. Um, but they're like, they're my person, you know, um, but I also get to show up every day as a leader and lead a team and, and help in ministry conversations and, you know, all of that. And so I'm with you. We've got to be ready to step into those roles. And I'm certainly not advocating for stuffing what we're feeling. We need to acknowledge that because they're real feelings. Uh, but we've also got to create space that cultivates life for us. And, and I think that really comes down to intentionally feeding our faith, yes. um, really being proactive with what we're listening to, what we're watching, what we're reading. You know, we see in the Gospels, Jesus had a habit of going away alone to pray. And everyone's like, oh, my goodness, I haven't been alone in forever, you know. Um, and that's so true because there's so much togetherness. And you may not get extended periods of alone time every day, but we've got to do some. 
uh, we've got to create a way, whether it's going for a walk on our own or getting up before everyone else is awake. That's, that's my uh, that's my habit. I, I get up early, long before my family wakes up because that works for me. But there have been seasons that that didn't work for me when I had an infant. That didn't work for me. So I had to adjust that. But we need that alone time to process and to connect with the father. Um, it's a core part of, of really feeding our faith and, and being mindful of what we're inputting. And I think that as leaders, we cannot pour from an empty cup. So um, if we don't have anything to pour, we cannot pour out. Um, and it's our responsibility to manage that um, and to make sure. That doesn't mean we're not going to struggle. It just means we've got to keep going back to the source of life and making sure that we're connecting with him on a very real and personal way, probably with a really good frequency. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, a couple of weeks ago, I had shared a, a little video with our leaders and I just encouraged them. I said, I am every day in my Bible in the book of Psalms and I'm circling and I'm underlining all of God's promises and his characteristics of who he is. And that is the strength that I can draw from because I, when I read, you are faithful, you are kind, you are my strong place, you are my shield, you are my love, all these things. It gives me the confidence that I'm being poured into from the Holy Father, and I don't have to do this on my own, and, but I have to make that uh, effort even more because it's really easy to like get up and get into quarantine mode and get your stuff going and all that, but sometime in your day, every day, I'm really encouraging our leaders, so thank you for that uh, reminder how important it is to lean in and learn about who God is. Mm. Well, and here's the beautiful thing. He has everything we need. If we need patience, it's who he is. If we need more grace, it's who he is. If, if we need wisdom, he's got it. If we need insight, he's got it. If we need provision, he's got it. He didn't have a shortage. So um, he's got everything we need. Uh, one of my favorite uh, things that I've just tried to incorporate, thinking about giving ourselves and others grace, is you know when I find myself frustrated or irritated, with circumstances or people or something that didn't go as planned or the 99th interruption or whatever it is, um, I've just started saying, we're learning to survive a pandemic <laughs> because we've never done this before. Yes. We've never done this before. And to put it into right perspective, like this is not spring break. Like this is not summer. <laughs> this is unprecedented in so many ways. And so Sherry, I think we've got to be able to laugh at ourselves. We've got to be able to laugh about the sprinkler system. Yes. I've got to be able to laugh about the fact that my daughter was sitting right next to me working on ABC Mouse this morning during multiple meetings, and I kept having to turn off my videos so that, so that I could help her click the right button. We've just got to be able to laugh. And so when we feel frustrated or like, ah, what is going on? Let's just laugh and say, hey, we're all learning how to live in a pandemic right now. And it just helps bring some perspective. But I think if we run too fast, if our expectations of ourselves or of others are not reasonable, we can damage our, our hearts, our minds, and our relationships. And this is a marathon. It is not a sprint. And so we've got to pace ourselves 
uh, those of us who work from home, uh, I've, I've worked from home for a couple of years because my team is spread out in seven states. But before that, I worked in an office. But even now, the temptation to stay a little longer and hammer out one more email to do a little bit more work, it just seems like the need is so great that like it's just tempting for all of the boundaries to go out the door. Um, so we've got to guard our family time. We've got to guard nap time. Nap time is golden. Uh, Sherry, I'm a big fan of nap time for myself and the others in my household. Uh, we need to guard our time to worship as a family. Yes. Um, we need to guard our time to eat together and take walks together. Um, one of the questions I've really been considering is how do I focus on more about who I'm becoming instead of more about what I'm doing? In this season, um, who do I want to be, and and less of what do I want to do? Um, one is freedom. One is full of obligation. And I think as leaders, we need to be asking that for ourselves, and we need to be helping those that we're leading ask those questions too. That's so good. Who am I becoming? And in this time where none of us get a pass, we have to live through this. I think we will look back and say, this is who I was during this time, and this is who I became because of it. Mm -hmm. So last thought, what would you like to tell the MOPS leaders around the world uh, to help them get through this pandemic? What would you share with them? Oh, Sherry, that is a good, that's a great question. I would say, first of all, you're not alone. So if this feels hard, you're in great company because it is hard. <laughs> and second of all, um, I would just say, make sure you're turning the message of grace inward. Sometimes I think we're good at, at turning it outward to other people. We need reminders of that too. I want to make sure that these leaders are turning it inward. Sherry, today I opened my inbox to multiple messages. These all happen to be from women, though I don't think it's just a challenge that women are facing. At all in ministry leadership, literally saying, Meredith, how do I do all of the things right now? How do I school my children? How do I work a full-time job? How do, I, how do I do this? We've got to really turn that grace narrative inward and be clear about what is reasonable or we're going to burn out. Absolutely. Thank you so much. So many words of wisdom as you've been talking. I've been writing down uh, some notes just to myself to, to put into practice. And um, I have loved uh, getting to know you more over the last months. And thank you for being such a great uh, MOPS friend. And really appreciate your time today and just sharing with us uh, the knowledge that you have and that you're putting into place and then helping us to become better leaders in this time of uncertainty. So thank you, Meredith, so much. It's so great to hear from you today. Thank you, Sherry. It's a joy.